All right, cool. So I got a very special guest in the house. Um, Aiden, you're a content creator. Yes. You're a podcaster. Mm-hmm. And I kind of try to push everybody to be, to be able to create content at scale, to be able to be, I guess, uh, explore your creativity. Mm-hmm. So I brought you on specifically because you do a lot of stuff. You're a very creative person, I can tell. Yeah. <laughs> but you have a very cool podcast. Thank you. And uh, some supernatural stuff was uh, happening here with my camera. <laughs> I mean, that's what you get when you bring me on. I'm going to bring some spirits with me. <laughs> so tell everybody a little bit about yourself and what you do. Okay. So my name is Aiden or Adrian Castellanos. I'm 27 years old, born and raised here in the Valley. Um, and like Joshua said, I'm a content creator. So I dabble in a lot of different things. I remember my first, I guess, experience with what wanting to create was when I was in high school and I wanted to be a graphic designer. It's still something I kind of dabble in, but the first kind of projects that I ever worked on is I was like 15 years old and I did flyers for a drag queen okay, for a club here in the Valley. And it was like, I mean, I can't even go, but I reached out and I was like, Hey, if you need help, like I want to do this, I want to learn, like I'll do it for free even. And like, so I made a bunch of flyers for them. Um, since then I've delved into a lot of different things. So I have my podcast Susto. I've made a few YouTube videos. I, uh, mess with like. I guess like video content creation, not just like vlogging or like imprints and stuff, but also I try and do like um, like graphic visuals. So most recently with uh, a party I was just telling you about, it's a queer dance party called What Dex. I did a lot of, or I did all of the, like the visual promotions for that. So all like the visuals, all the graphics for the performers and all that. Um, I wear a lot of hats <laughs> and I've described <laughs> it before as like, I find a hobby and I'm like, oh, this is super cool. I want to do this. Uh, so I've tried so many different things, but consistently digital content creation has been the one thing that I've always gravitated towards. It's interesting because I find a lot of stuff that I love to do and I dive into it and it's like, damn it, what I do, what I do, what I do. So I've yeah. tried to do it all, Yeah, but definitely. it's impossible. Yeah. So I want to specifically touch on podcasting because mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a new trend that's coming up and it's getting super popular, but people really don't know how to do it and they want to get into it. Mm-hmm. So what are some, some tips that you can give people that want to get into podcasting honestly youtube youtube is always the answer for me yeah. <laughs> if there's something i do not know how to do especially with like technology i mean honestly everything but when i was starting out with podcasting you know my podcast is still relatively new i'm only a few episodes in but when i started i had no idea how to use um what do i use i use adobe audition mm-hmm. um and i know that audacity is kind of like it's like the free version of audition which is also a great program to use um but uh, you, I just, I just Googled like how to edit on Adobe audition. And of course there was tons of YouTube videos that came up. And so I just started watching them and you have to start from the basics. Of course, you can't yeah. just jump into something that you don't know and expect to learn it right away. So it was very, it was, it was a slow process, but, um, you know, if you're already kind of like a digitally, a digitally technology savvy person, I guess mm-hmm. is the word. Um, it, it's not that hard. You know, you just have to sit down watch the videos, take your time. Like you're gonna mess up and that's okay too. But yeah, I just, I like, and, and each step that I did, I was like, Hey, what's the first thing I need to do is I need to record it. So let me, how to record an audition and then figure all of that setup out. And then how do I cut what I don't need out and then watch videos on that. So just looking for the information, cause it's out there and it's out there for free. Yeah. You know, you don't have to pay for like these lessons or these tutorials. And I'm sorry to people that offer those <laughs> things and monetize on that. But I mean, like, I don't have a lot of money. I didn't have a lot of money when I started learning these things either. So I was like, how can I do this? That's like cost effective to me and I don't have to sacrifice too much financially. So it's definitely possible. Just again, looking it up online and again, YouTube, it's my go-to for yeah. everything. That's how I learned everything that I know on like Photoshop, Premiere, Audition, all of that stuff. It's YouTube University, man. I love it. Honestly, you I can have literally learn anything. <laughs> <laughs> truly, truly. I think we both have degrees in that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But I think the podcasting is, is very interesting because you produce yours very well. Like Thank mine you. is just straight on boom when we're in and out. Thank you. Yours <laughs> has like yours has sound effects mm-hmm. and you tell stories. You're a very good storyteller. Thank you. So yours is completely different than mine where I have a mm-hmm. guest. So I rely on you to be able to mm-hmm. bring people in too, right? Yeah. But yours is straight on. You're talking about what? So my it's it's the way they describe it on the show. It's the podcast of Ookie Spooky Scary Stories. <laughs> and it's a fo- it focuses on Latinx culture. And so it's a lot of the stories that we grew up hearing growing up. 
a lot of the stories that we read growing up in some books. So like, of course, obviously La Llorona is like the most iconic story. And that was the first episode that I ever did. And yeah, I, I do have guests every now and then, but the majority of the time it's just me yeah. with my microphone in a room, usually by myself in the apartment. So I'm always scared of myself <laughs> telling these stories. And um, yeah, so I was like, how do I do this? How do I keep this interesting and fresh? when it's just me, like right. I love the sound of my own voice. So, <laughs> so it's very easy for me to just talk and like enjoy it. Um, but if I'm not me, like how would I, you know, stay, how, how would I stay hooked in this? And right. so then I thought of like, okay, you know, there's always a soundtrack to movies. And so how can a podcast be as entertaining as a movie or a show or what have you? And so that's when I started bringing in, you know, like the, the, the background track and the sound effects and all of that stuff. And so, uh, again, all of it was a learning curve, and I feel like you can hear the progression as each episode is published. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, how can I make this fun for you know people to keep listening, um, even beyond the stories? Because I also dive into like the historical or the cultural context of these stories, because they branch out to so many different other stories and legends, and it's I think that's just super cool to see and to learn about. And so I invite people to, you know, learn those contexts as well. Is it, which one's been your spookiest uh, episode or I guess in your research? The, so the spookiest one has been, I think it's when I invited one of my best friends, one of my friends that I actually grew up with, went to elementary together and everything. We're still best friends. Uh, she's a curandera now. She's a healer. Okay. And so I invited her on to talk about demons and like evil entities and that one was a phone call that I did with her. And so she came on and we started talking about all these different experiences that we've had in our own individual lives and experiences that we've even had together. Because when she and I used to get together when we were younger, we would just like, we would go outside, sit on her trampoline, and then her mom would come out and talk to us and we'd ask her mom to tell us scary stories. <laughs> and those are some of the scariest stories I'd ever heard. I loved it. And so I think that's the spookiest one because it had like a real life element to it. Cause I do believe in the supernatural and the paranormal. And I, I also, I know that I've explained in the show that like, I believe that there's explanations for lots of things, the majority of things, but there's some things that you can't really right. put science to. And it's like, how do you explain this away? And so when I invited her to talk about these things, knowing her background, knowing the work that she does, and then like the show was over, like we stopped recording and I was like, great, thank you so much. Like I'll talk to you later. I'll like, we'll talk later. And so I had to sit back and listen through the episode as I'm editing it by myself. And I'm like, why did I do this to myself? <laughs> like, I was like, cause these are, we're talking about things that have actually happened to us. And so that, I think that's, that, that was the spookiest one for me. What's been the spookiest thing that's happened to you? So, oh my God, there's so, so many things. So here's the thing is, I don't know if a lot of people, I feel like I've also said on the show, I'm actually a big scaredy cat. But but I, I I love it. I love the thrill. So I I don't know you why do I'm like yourself. That. Exactly. So I oh okay I have one. I think I've told this before on the show. So I remember I was in like junior high and I was with my parents at my aunt's house in La Villa, one of the scariest places ever. <laughs> and so because of the story, to me it is. So we were in my aunt's house and we're like let's say we're sitting at the end of the table. And it, the table went all the way down and then their back door was like on the other side of the table. And so they were talking about their sons and how like they were staying out too late. Like their sons were teenagers at the time. So they're like, they're staying out too late. We don't know if they're going to get in trouble and this and that. And so sometimes they get home late and then they come in scared for whatever reason. And so like they were just talking about that. And then this like just like just like this sudden like quietness fell in the room. Like we all just the conversation just like it was like a natural pause in the conversation, but it got really quiet and the door handle on the kitchen mind you it's straight ahead from where i was sitting the door handle just starts shaking like violently and they're like oh they're here and i was like i don't know like why would they come in through the back door like they know that we're all awake why would they try and sneak in so my aunt gets up she goes and opens it and of course there's nobody i was like oh and i will never forget there was like a three liter bottle of soda like right here next to me and my only reaction was to like go and like scoot it over in front of me as if that was going to hide me or protect me <laughs> from whatever was out there. So they close it and they're like, oh, that's weird, whatever. And I was like, how do you brush that off? <laughs> like, what do you know? We need to call someone. So again, it starts shaking. And this time the door is like moving now. Oh, and I was like freaking out, like oh, we need to leave, but I don't want to go outside. And it was the middle of the night, of course. <laughs> and 
so then they open it again and then now their dog is there it was the dog they had outside and i was like oh maybe it's the dog whatever so then my uncle had gone to check that time he closed the door and he closed it and like a beat and then the dog starts whimpering and runs away and so my uncle runs there and opens it and like the dog's like gone running away and so I think at that point, my mom was like, okay, well, we're going to go. <laughs> like, we can leave. <laughs> that, oh my God, I will never forget that because that is one of the like most like clear, unexplainable things that's happened to me where I was like, who, who was that? Yeah. Who was doing this? Like, how was that happening? That door didn't move the whole night except for that moment. And like, I'll never forget that. That's, I'll never go that's back there. strange, man. Yeah. I've never had any. Uh, no. no. Nothing. Until right now when I got here. Yeah. <laughs> my, my camera's malfunctioning here. <laughs> but I've never had anything like that. I, I remember me and my wife were somewhere with our family. And um, one of the, the cabinet doors slowly closed. Mm-hmm. But I didn't see it. Mm-hmm. And everybody's like, oh, my God. Like, everybody saw it except me. Yeah. But I've never, I've never felt, like, mm-hmm. weird. I, I, I guess since I've never seen it. I don't really believe it, I guess. Okay. But I don't know. I, I think that's like, I think that's part of it. That's kind of half of it is like, if you, and that's something that I talk about with my friend that I invited on the show is it's, it's one of those things where you kind of like invite it in a way. Mm-hmm. And it, I'm not saying that you have to be like, come possess me in order yeah. for something to happen. But like, even like, like me, I feel like me talking about these things, I put myself in a position where like, if it's real, if it exists, like it knows that I'm acknowledging it, right. it being like spirit or the other realm or whatever. Um, but acknowledging it in that way, kind of like, you know, you sort of like invite those things to happen around you and sometimes they just don't, you know, and it's different for everybody, but, um, yeah, I don't, (laughs) I I still wonder why, why I do the podcast, but like I said, I love the thrill. I do. I do. Yeah. But but I I love yours because it's something that somebody can start doing like today. And then obviously, like you said, Mm -hmm. it's naturally going to get better every single time you do it. I think that's important is that most people won't start. Everybody will be talking about, I want to do a podcast. Uh-huh. How do you do a podcast? Mm-hmm. YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I, yeah. I, and I think, uh, I, like you said, you know, you have to just start and like go for it. And it's, it's going, it's probably going to be bad the first yeah. few times. And that's fine. You know, whether or not people t- talk about how bad it was those first few times or not, <laughs> like, you know, it, it just you just have to start because you're not going to get better and you're not going to progress right. if you don't if you don't have a starting point. And so a lot of it was that for me, too. Before I started, I was like, like, what if no one listens? It's going to be bad. But then I was like, I mean, I'm doing this because I like I wanted this because I like it. I think right. it's a fun idea and I'm, I want to have fun with it. And if it's going to be bad, I mean, it's going to be bad, whatever. But if I get better, then at least I'll have that benchmark of like, yeah, it was really bad right here. But <laughs> like, look how far it's come. Look how far it's come. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so like, don't be afraid to jump into something and make mistakes. And honestly, that's how you learn the best sometimes is yep. you make that mistake, especially if it's a really bad one. Guess what? You're not going to make that mistake again because yeah, you don't want to definitely. experience that. Yeah. <laughs> now, I completely agree. I think uh, just a lot of people, like, they just won't start. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it is. Maybe it's because they're introverted or... I don't know. I mean, I think the internet is a mean place. (laughs) Definitely is. People have free range to be like as mean and cruel as they want to online with like almost no repercussion. And it's, it's easy to say it like on the internet to be like, whatever, like brush it off. It's fine. It doesn't matter. But especially if you really care about something like, yeah, you can get your healing, your feelings hurt and that's fine. Um, But I mean, it's, it's the internet. You have to like, and I'm not saying that like no real damage is done on the internet because yes, real damage can happen on the internet. Um, but when it's people just like leaving comments like, oh, this sucks or do this yeah. better or try this. It's like, I didn't read the comments for, and I, not like I get a ton of comments, but yeah. <laughs> I stayed away from them for a while. Cause I was like, I'm just starting, like, I'm not going to look at any of this right away. Cause it discourages you. Yeah. Yeah. You don't want to like put yourself in that position where you're like, okay, well I don't want to do this anymore. Cause right. I fed into this. Like you don't have to you don't have to pay attention to what people are saying like if you're doing it do it for yourself do it because you enjoy it yeah, yeah. I, I got a, a, a youtube's completely different than instagram and facebook mm-hmm. so i i uploaded a youtube video about quaden bales the the dwarf the little dwarf that got uh bullied in school did oh, you hear yeah. about that uh-huh. so it, it got a ton of views mm-hmm. and it got a bunch of comments and a bunch of dislikes yeah and uh people were in the in the comment sections just bashing me it's like oh, i can't believe you're supporting this and you're doing this stuff and then other people were like oh you're doing great i was like I get it. Like, yeah. YouTube's a completely different monster, man, because everybody's on there. Definitely, definitely. And it's it's also one of those things where, like, they're, I mean, they're, they're, they're private websites, a lot of these. So, like, 
they can regulate them or not regulate them how they want to. Cause sometimes people can get like really wild on there and say some really messed up stuff. But um, like you said, you know, there's good and there's bad. And if you're going to look at the bad, look at the good also. And like, yeah. look at that to encourage yourself and keep going. Yeah. I think that's something to keep in mind is when you're putting yourself out on social media, you're putting yourself out mm-hmm. there for everybody. Yeah. Like you can't say, no, you can't comment on this. Like I've, I've never had, um, any hate mm-hmm. on, on social media except for YouTube. Yeah. <laughs> I mm-hmm. find it very interesting. That's usually where it is. I, I, I see a lot of that too. Um, I had something in my mind, but I forgot what I was going to say. Um, shoot, it'll come back to no me. Sorry. So I'm trying to monetize different streams of income. Mm-hmm. YouTube is one of those things that I'm trying to work on like hard this year. Mm-hmm. And uh, I, I found it interesting because I'm trying to monetize it. So you have to have a thousand followers mm-hmm. and then you have to have 4,000 watch hours yeah. before you monetize it. You and I'm the halfway AdSense. there. Yeah. Yeah. I'm halfway there. I already got AdSense approved mm-hmm. for the website, but then it's just that waiting game where I'm growing. Because mm-hmm. my goal is to extract as much money as I possibly can from the internet. Mm-hmm. I think it's a fascinating place, and it's yeah. never been like that in the history of man. Mm-hmm. I mean, think about it. Like, president, we've never had more access to. Yeah. Twitter, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Unfortunately. <laughs> Unfortunately. <laughs> Which are your favorite platforms to use? My favorite right now are Instagram and Facebook because I feel like I can reach two very different demographics. Mm-hmm. Facebook has a lot of older people um, and Instagram has a lot of younger people. And even then, I feel like Instagram uh, Instagram is being phased out by like TikTok. Yeah. And so I'm TikTok is like I'm starting to feel my age because I look at TikTok <laughs> and I'm like, what even is this? Like, how does this work? So like I, I observe it from a distance. But yeah, Instagram is, is one of my favorites because it's very directly visual and you have the option of captions, but there's no like posts or like status updates like there is like Facebook. Right. Um, and Facebook is very easy because I also have got have gotten into like event organization, and so it's very beneficial for that. Yeah. Um, but I think you really have to think about like who your audience is and who you're trying to reach, and then base your platforms on that. But for me, Instagram and Facebook they're the ones that I use the most, and they're my favorite ones, I guess you could say. Yeah, people always say Facebook's not cool, mm-hmm. but it makes a lot of businesses and it, it helps you reach a ton of people. It really does. If you search like, a, especially like local businesses, if yeah. you go on like Google and you search a local business, Facebook, their Facebook page is going to be one of the pages that pops up right yeah. away. And so, uh, yeah, it, it's definitely like more of like a business thing. Um, but Instagram is making its way to that. I mean, honestly, it, it's hard though to say because now you, we have these algorithms that kind yeah. of like mess everything up. Yeah. Right? <laughs> and I know a lot of people like feel different ways about that. I'm not like a huge fan of it, but it's like, I mean, we can try, we can try and pressure them, but you know, they're billion dollar companies. So like, I don't think they're going to listen to us. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's hard, man, because I mean, as, as we create, we're content creators. Mm-hmm. So we want our stuff to be seen. So it's like, dude, like, fuck man. Yeah. It sucks. I wish like, I could do this. I say it all the time. I wish I could do this sort of thing full time. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't want to get in trouble, but whenever I have like downtime at my day job, <laughs> if there's like nothing <laughs> happening, I pull my laptop out and I'm like working super fast trying to design stuff. And um, yeah, like it's just it's something I wish I could do and like wanting to extract as much money from it online yeah. as you can. Like it's really hard too. one of uh, my favorite YouTubers that I watched. He said something about like people going on YouTube, trying to make it a living and all that. And he said something very honest, which I really appreciated because it was something that I thought already. And he he was honest and he said a lot of it is just dumb luck. He was like, I got really lucky. Like one of my videos went viral and people liked it and an audience stuck around. And because that audience stuck around, yeah, it got bigger. You know, you have that chunk of like audience from going from having a hit video or whatever. And they stick around and they stick around and that helps it grow. But you have to get that first batch that first of people. One. That's the hard part. Man. Yeah, that's like, the yeah. really hard part because you can try and go grow as like organically as possible. But especially currently, a lot of people's success online comes from like going viral. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, yeah. that's just the way that's the nature of the beast. And yeah. that makes it that much harder to try and break into this like with a plan. You know what I mean? Yeah. A lot of the time there's no plan and it just gets thrusts upon these people and sometimes they're really good about making it work and that they're really good about managing their popularity and then other times people get like these really funny hits these really viral videos or moments and 
you can see them trying to start it and they just can't manage it or they don't know how to or right. maybe they really were just like a one-hit wonder yeah. and it doesn't work for them so yeah that's the hard part man it's like okay you get that like that's what happened to me on tiktok i got one video that hit two hundred fifty thousand views oh wow and i was like badass yeah it was a chip like, challenge and then the next day i had like a hundred i was like fuck <laughs> come on <laughs> like i made it all my bills are paid yeah it's, it's a very interesting dynamic especially if you're jumping into this and you want to do it full-time for the rest mm -hmm. of your life and try to extract as much money as you can yeah. it's like it's always an uphill and downhill battle it's like shit man definitely definitely so how do you stay creative being a creative person as such as you are mm -hmm. i i found that some of my more successful projects or the things that i've been able to like make last longer are things that i really care about so like the susto podcast that's that has like a really like i guess what's the word it has it has like a place in my heart mm -hmm. you know moments like that because I really did grow up on, a, on all the stories and that was one of my favorite parts of growing up is being scared and sharing scary yeah. stories, all of those moments. So it still has a special place in my heart because I still love that. I love scary movies. My boyfriend scares very easily, so I love watching scary <laughs> movies with him. And yeah, it, it's I care about it. Yeah. And it, I, I, oops, I guess I want that to be clear to people. It doesn't have to be like a super like important, like political or like social justice cause that you have to care about like no it's just simple like i really have fun with scary things and so that, that's why it has a special place in my heart and so that makes me want to keep on doing it. it makes it a passion project for me and then the same thing with some of my videos like i just it, it turns into being like caring about this one niche topic and making content out of it to being like just loving the process because yeah. that's what it is for me now is i really love the process of creation of digital creation and so because I like that, like any little thing, sometimes my friends will like, they'll see a meme and they'll be like, oh, this is so funny if it was this way. And I'm like, oh, I, I got it. I'll edit it. Yeah. And like I pull up my programs and then like I redo the meme or whatever, or I'll like, or I'll just, I've made some original ones here and there, not a lot, but just between like my friends and I, and like, it's just like inside jokes yeah. that like I turn into memes <laughs> for us. And so like, you know, just like, I'm like, I guess just trying to make those moments of joy like last. Right. It's it's interesting, man, because I, I feel like there's so many people that want to do this. And I keep going back to this. It's like they just don't want to invest the time. Mm -hmm. Like, what do you think it is that they, they just are not willing to invest the time in it? Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's much as that they don't want to or, or as much or if like they can't because like, you know, people still have to have their day jobs. You know, we all have our bills to pay. And I have been... I guess sort of lucky in the sense that I do have this job where there's these dead moments yeah. where like I've done my work for the day or I'm waiting for something to happen so I can continue to focus on that. But there's moments where maybe like an hour goes by and like, like I'm just waiting for something to happen. And so in that hour I take advantage of that and I'm like, okay, what can I work on right now? So that like now that I have this dead time and then it's also like, you know, I, I, I spoke in a panel on Friday and someone asked this question where, how do you, how do you do these things without sacrificing anything? I'm like, I don't think there's any way to do that. Yeah. They're, ha they're like, there's going to be some form of sacrifice, whether it's financial, emotional, mentally, sometimes even physically, like there's going to be some form of sacrifice. And that's why I'm saying these things there. I, I, I do these things because I care about them. Right. And I think if I didn't care about them, like I wouldn't do them. But again, back to the question, like, I'm not sure that it's always a question of whether or not they want to, whether or not they can, because some people do have, sometimes two jobs, sometimes three jobs, and they literally do not have the time during to do it or during the day to do it. And then when they get home and they do have time, you know, after working all day, you're tired, you're, you're tired. exhausted. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, like I'm right now I work, I work that job. I am going to school. I'm taking three classes right now and I do these projects. So between working during the day, going to class and doing my homework. And then on top of all that, trying to keep up with these projects. You're juggling a lot. Yeah, I'm juggling a lot. And because I am working part-time right now, it gives me that little bit of extra time. But I think if I was working full-time, I don't know that I would have the right. energy to do this. <laughs> like, it would be very, very hard to manage. Yeah. And so a lot of it in this case is like, it's a mental battle of like, how stubborn are you? Yeah. <laughs> how, how bad do you want to <laughs> How do much do you want it? Yeah. yeah. I, I just find it interesting, man. Uh, how do you view selfishness? Now, let me preface this. Okay. So when I was, I was working at Dairy Queen my whole life, that's all I ever knew. My father owned it. So I was getting primed to become an owner. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm, I have this entrepreneurial spirit. So I wanted to try something. I was like, I don't want to do this the rest mm -hmm. of my life. Let me go out on my own. So I started being real selfish with 
myself and people around me, like my family. Mm. So I was like, I couldn't do it pleasing everybody, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to do certain things on my own and get selfish about it. Is it a bad thing or is it a good thing? Um, I don't think it's always a bad thing. I think especially if you have people in your life that like are really cheering for you. So I've had moments where I've had to be like, I can't hang out tonight or I can't go out tonight because uh, the next episode is publishing tomorrow and I have to edit it all of it tonight because I didn't have time throughout the week. Yeah. And if you have, you know, friends and family that really support you, they're going to be like, okay, yeah, like that's fine. Um, like I said, you know, th there's really no way to do this without sacrificing something. And sometimes it's time for the people that you want to hang out with. And sometimes it's saying no to certain opportunities or, uh, pushing them back or what have you rescheduling things because, you know, you really want to get these things done. And I think, I don't, I, I don't think being selfish is always a bad thing. I think sometimes it's really important. Um, just as long as you're doing it from, you know, like a genuine place and you're not right. doing it, you're not, you're not doing it with malice in your heart, I right. guess, you know, um, because again, it's, you're not, you're not, you're not like saying no to people or brushing people off. Cause it's like, Oh fuck that person. I don't want to hang out with them. Or right. I don't want to do this or that for whatever reason. It's because you're like, I have this thing that I really care about and I'm trying to make it work and I want to do it. And you know, I've, I've invested time and I've invested so much in this already. So like, yeah, I'm going to have to say no to something or I'm going to have to focus on this yeah. and not you or not like what's happening over here. You said it in a lot nicer way than I was saying. <laughs> I was like, fuck this. I'm going to do it anyways. man." <laughs> yeah. So I think if I said it your way, it'd probably ease a lot of people. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Yeah. Try it that way next time. <laughs> I'll try it that way next time. <laughs> so I want to talk about goals. Uh -huh. uh, obviously, you seem like a very goal oriented person, mm -hmm. right? What are your goals in the next five years in the internet space? I, like I said, I would love to be able to do content creation full time, whether it's me like in, in front of the microphone or the camera, like the face of a program or a project or whatever, because I do, I do love being the star. <laughs> <laughs> so whether it's that or even working behind the scenes, like I love being in front of the microphone and being in front of the camera as much as I love editing the footage editing the audio yeah. producing it like i'm also i am as much of a producer as i am like a, a star right you know what i mean like i like yes i am the face of these projects that i'm doing but it's a one-man project i do all of these by myself like with my podcast and my videos do you think that's a bad thing because i'm this exact same way like i wear all those hats too yeah. Do you think it's a bad thing because you're you're pushing your attention to certain things? Sometimes I can't concentrate, man. I was like, yeah. "Fuck, what, what am I doing?" I, I I think it I think it definitely can, and it does take up so much more time to also like have to produce these things after you're done recording them. Um, and I wish I could like outsource and have someone like edit it for me, and yeah. I would probably get it would probably make it so much easier for me to edit a video down to like less than ten minutes versus I'm like everything I said is amazing. It's so funny. I have to keep all of it in. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it can be bad in that sense, but uh, you also have to be very self aware and very I guess not hypercritical, but you definitely have to be critical of yourself and like you know what what I'm actually putting into this episode or this show and. Um, does, does, do these 15 seconds really need to be in there? Like, did this joke actually land? Like, is this point going to be made? And, um, it's, it's a lot of like reviewing and editing because yeah. before I post a, a show, a podcast, I listen to it maybe like two times Wow! and I'll even go as far as like, I'll edit it. I'll put it on my phone so that I can hear. Cause I listen to my podcast on my yeah. phone and so I'll put it on my phone so I can hear how it sounds on there. And if it doesn't sound right to me, I go back, I edit everything and then export it again to my phone, listen to it again until it's right. Right. And so it can be selfish, but it's also like you want your product to be good. Exactly. You know exactly what you want. You know exactly how you want it to sound or look or feel or what have you. And so it can, it, you know, it, everything has it has 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 its pros and cons. And, and yeah. that's one of them. I think that's what's hindered me from like hiring people because I've had people on staff before. Right? Mm -hmm. But they just don't do it the way I do it. Mm -hmm. And they don't do it as fast as I do yeah. it. And I think that's always a, a bad expectation yeah. to have of people, right? Mm -hmm. Because nobody's ever going to be you. Exactly. Yeah. So it's a little hard. How, how do you navigate that? I Like working with people. 
I think I work very well with people. The people that I've worked with, I don't know if they'll say the same thing about me. I would hope so. <laughs> um, I think I do work well with people, but also because a lot of the time when I've collaborated with other people, it's always been that we're just scratching each other's backs. And I I haven't had the resources to like hire anybody or have staff to do these things for me. Yeah. So when I do them, it's, you know, I'm very grateful. And if I do have like a critique or I need to change something, I guess I'm not afraid to let them know because I will like in like inviting them to work with me on those things i told them like like i've given my expectations and i'm like check in with me like let me know where you're at like i'll help you with it like i also don't put a hundred percent of the work oops of the work on them yeah and so i guess i don't know i guess not having money makes you that much more humble <laughs> yeah it makes you a lot more resourceful too. exactly yeah and, and you know when you're doing a favor for someone and they're doing a favor for you it, it, it kind of brings you to that level of like like, I know this probably isn't going to be exactly how I want it, but that, you know, it just has to be okay with you. Right. And if not, then you have to find the time to do it yourself. Yeah. It's, it's a very interesting fine line that you have mm-hmm. to, to follow. Uh, I, I just find it very interesting that the creator side, I, I believe 100% that people that are creative and can sell are going to be the people that make it in this next 20, 25 years. Mm-hmm. Because that's where it's going. Yeah. You, like, you kind of have to be the entire package you know you have to be able to do everything from beginning to end to publishing and the internet has made it very easy it has it has and so i was actually just thinking about that the other day i was like i not feel i don't want to say i feel bad because i don't feel bad like i don't think it's an it's necessary to feel that way but i would i feel a certain way for like for like photographers videographers editors producers because it's very much this trend is happening where the people being the face of the content are also learning how to produce the content right. put it out there and it might not be like at the level or the skill that people who do solely that are at but the audience is okay with that the audience isn't expecting like you know beautiful not always because sometimes they are but the audience is not always expecting like beautiful cinematic shots that are well framed and they're at the highest quality you know you're uh, absolutely right yeah and now people are watching more so i mean as as always you know but people people are definitely like the majority of the time they're only watching for the content itself and not for like the production quality right i know i know one thing you do have to have is really good audio Mm because people will bounce right out like you can get away with some decent video Mm -hmm. but your audio has to be spot on yeah and that's what i that's what i like about these things is like we're podcasting right mm-hmm. and i obviously invested in some equipment mm-hmm. but it the cost of entry isn't very much yeah and you could do it on your phone yeah you really can and there there's little hacks here and there like one of the first things that i learned is so i i, I will be completely transparent and i think i used my tax income to buy like a few years ago to buy my microphone mm-hmm. and a few years before that i had bought my laptop but my laptop was also for school so like i was like i'm justifying this completely yeah. <laughs> um but i like i splurged on the laptop on the on the microphone and i was like okay great i have this mic i don't have anything else like i don't have like soundproofing or i don't have you know like i was like how do i make just this microphone work in this empty room i have in my apartment and so one of the first little like hacks I learned was like go to a store and get a carpet sample. You can just get a car- carpet sample if your mic is sitting on the desk. Put your car put it on top of your carpet sample, and that helps with the sound to now bounce yeah. on top of the table. Yeah. If you have sheets or curtains, spare sheets or curtains, hang those around you like a little booth, and that's going to prevent sound bouncing off. You know, like you said, you have to be resourceful yeah. sometimes, and um, I feel like that really helps because then when you do have the resources to invest a little more in what you're doing. You already know okay i need this for this reason you know how to use it already because you've used you know like the the cheaper version or if you've used your resourceful version of that right to like make it work interesting let's talk about anchor you know anchor app the anchor app right that's how is that how you use to up well how do you i guess what platforms is your podcast on it's on almost all streaming platforms so it's on apple podcasts on spotify iHeartRadio almost everything but i guess like you were talking about like the publishing yeah the publishing part i use buzzsprout okay yeah so you you can also find susto uh at buzzsprout.com slash susto or is it susto podcast you'll find it one of those ways (laughs) and so yeah that's what i use to publish it and it also like hosts them on there or that's what i used to host it and they're also 
published on there, I guess is the right way to say that. So Buzzsprout pushes them out to all the different platforms. Yeah, I upload everything on there and then I just selected like, I want it on all these platforms, which was like all of them because I wanted to get it yeah. out there. And it, it puts it puts it on all of those and you can also listen on that website as well. So that's how you can get distribution for, for yeah. your podcast. I use uh, Anchor app, so it's pretty much the same thing. Mm-hmm. But there are these apps out there that allow you to do this stuff. Like it just distributes it for you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's awesome. Yeah, and it's, it's, it's like we said, like technology has made things a lot easier for people to publish their content which i think is great because yeah. I, I like you know if you have like if you have something you care about and you think it's cool and you think it's fun and you want to share it with people share it with people because it's going to land with a lot of people a lot of people are going to like it yeah and so again that's why i got into this and i yeah that that made it so easy for me because i was like i don't i don't know how to do this like i don't know how to code like, yeah. I don't know what i'm gonna have to do like what plugins Click i have to a few use buttons exactly they're like here are the plans you can use do you want this many hours of upload time great select that just put your mp3 on here and we'll take care of the rest yeah, that's awesome like super <laughs> awesome okay, cool. yeah that's because i had to migrate susto from a different host before i went on my own i had to migrate it and so i was like this is going to be really hard like they're going to need like certain codes or whatever they literally needed like two links from the original host and that was it and they're like okay it's on here now yeah like in a matter of days i was like thank god like it didn't have to to go off the air or anything it stayed online the whole time that's awesome there's these tools that everybody can use yeah just you just have to search for them exactly just search like how to do this like can you do x with y and you know like just just look just ask 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 yeah Yeah. so what do you do what you said you did something on saturday let's Mm -hmm. let's plug your events okay yeah i hosted along with my two co-producers and two of my best friends um i had this idea months ago so i've been thinking about it for a very long time um we hosted the very first hotex it's a queer dance party here in the rgv and this Kind of came into my mind because i was out with some friends and we we're looking for a place to party we we're looking for a bar like somewhere to go dance and i realized that we didn't have that many gay bars and right now in the entire rgv the entire rgv population of about two million people we only have two gay bars that that's I know it of. yeah there's one in harlingen and there's one in mccallan which is like an hour and a half away from each other yeah. <laughs> and yeah i was like that that sucks like i wish we had more spaces for ourselves and um a, a lot of it also came also because when I was out with one of my friends, I wanted to go dance and we would like dip into a place and like the music was really fun. And I was like, oh, this is super cool. And I would want to start dancing. And it's like the reality of the situation for a lot of queer people is that you can be putting yourself in physical danger just for like existing in a space. Interesting. And it's happened before. It still happens where people are put in danger. They're put in dangerous positions and they're actually sometimes assaulted and they're hurt because they were just who they were and so we would go into these places and we wanted to dance and i was like it sucks because like i want to be able to dance with my friend and he's also a guy but like we can't like do that without feeling some sense of like you know who's watching us who's going to follow us when we leave and so you know there are places yes where you can do that in like downtown or in certain bars um i don't want to say i don't want to discredit anybody and i don't want to say that it just doesn't exist but there are very few spaces that are built and organized organized with our community in mind. Right. And so, yeah. And so I wanted to, I wanted to do this party for that reason, but I didn't want to put that conversation on people that were attending. Right. So the party wasn't pr- promoted in that way at all because I, I, I just wanted to be a fun party. You know, I wanted yeah. people to come and get lit and dance and have fun and like be entertained. And it worked out. It was, it was, it was a success for the first one. And, I was like, this is amazing. We did so well. This is just our first one. Can't wait for the next one. It's going to be in April. We haven't decided on the date exactly just yet. We have two dates in mind, but um, all the details, we have them on our Facebook and our Instagram page at Hotex956. Okay. And yeah, I mean, it's it was a super fun time. I was telling you earlier, I was in drag for the whole event. <laughs> it was my first time being like in complete, like the whole gig in all drag. It's so like my feet hurt, my ribs are still a little bit bruised from the corset, <laughs> but I looked amazing. It was super fun. And yeah, it, it's for everybody. It isn't just for the queer community, but it's definitely something that was built around the queer community. And so I want everyone to feel welcome. I want everyone to come out and have a fun time. And um, yeah, just it's, it's it, that's all it is. It's just about having fun and like 
being comfortable. We live in a very interesting time because everybody can do whatever the hell they want to do, but then they have to be worried about like which is exactly what you're talking about. Mm -hmm. Have you gone through those things here in the valley? Or is it? Let me rephrase it. Is it a valley thing that that happens, or is it pretty much? It's everywhere. Everywhere. Yeah, it, it's everywhere, and and it's 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 a little sad because because there's places that can be very progressive. Um, but it just, you know, there's, a, there's always going to be that hand few, that handful of people or those few people. And, and yes, there are places that are just completely not accepting of the queer community. And like I said, there's places where the, the consensus is like generally progressive and like they're okay with the queer community and they're welcoming and embracing and accepting. But then you might have that one person that like just is still behind and, you know, it takes that one person to, to ruin, ruin a night or ruin an event. And, um, I won't say that I've, I, I haven't experienced anything physical, thank goodness, but like I remember one time I was walking with my friend and he's one of my co-producers for this show. We were walking in downtown Wessico and these guys in a big truck like just pulled up and they were like faggots and they drove off and I was like, what did I do? I think even now I'm like, my shorts were a little short, but like, why are you mad at that? Like. And so, like, it's something that people have experienced here. Um, I, I won't say that I've experienced it, like, in abundance, but I've had little instances here and there where I know that, like, okay, I need to, like, uh, I need to find a way to exit the situation before it does go that way. Right, yeah. It's, it's a very smart thing because you never know what the hell anybody's capable of. Exactly. Like, anybody. Mm-hmm. Like, I walk out of my house right now and something to happen. Yeah. It's, we live in a very strange time where it's like, I remember when I was growing up, I could play outside. Kids can't do that anymore. Yeah, kind of sucks. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's also maybe not that like you you could you could do it at that time with no worry. I think maybe people are just more aware now of what the things that have always existed and the type of people that have always existed. You know, we're more aware that they're out there, and especially with like social media and the internet, it's very easy to learn about these people. And so I think that kind of puts the fear in people. And it, it's kind of a valid fear, you know, because, yeah. you know, there's, there's a lot there's, of weirdos out there. There's a lot of bad people out there and, you know, you want to, you know, protect your kids, you want to protect yourself. And it, it's a good and a bad thing because a lot of us live in fear now. Um, but, you know, like you, you just, you have to pick and choose like how you want to go about your life. And right. yeah, yeah it's, it's a very strange world we live in because mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I want my kids to grow up in this social media world mm-hmm. where it's like judging you and judging you and then praising you and then judging you. It's like you've seen it. Like you can see people like actually have, I guess, uh, there's, I guess, how, how do I word it? There's certain things that happen with social media that have never been there before. Mm-hmm. So like self-esteem, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Have you experienced that on social media? I... I personally haven't. I've seen it, but I've also got a little bit of a thicker skin. Um, like, I, I've been out of the closet since of the closet since I was like in junior. I think I was like twelve when I came out, and so at a very young age, I started this journey of like figuring out who I am and like getting comfortable. Um, and in 2014, I was actually uh, diagnosed with HIV. I tested positive for HIV. I received a diagnosis of AIDS. I was very sick. Wow. And so after that, I'm fine now. I'm very healthy now. <laughs> I could probably eat better, but that's okay. Um, after all of that, I decided that I wanted to be vocal about it. And I wanted to share my story. I wanted to like spread awareness. And I really wanted to deconstruct this stigma that is around people living with HIV. Because people still think very backwards about us. And so I put myself out there. Like I put myself on the internet. I came out about my status. I shared it with people and I said, this is why I'm doing this. I started uh, profiles on these gay dating apps and I put my actual picture out there and I was like, this is who I am. This is why I'm doing this. If you have any questions, please ask me because I knew that I had a thicker skin and I knew that like I could handle the dumb questions a little bit better even though there's supposed to be no dumb questions there are some in fact there are some things that you shouldn't ask people Uh, but i knew that i could i could handle that because i was also very lucky to have the support system that i did in that time and um so it's it's experiences and moments like that that like that that have i guess prepared me and made me a little bit more tough to online criticism because like I've, I've done a PSA with, um, it's an organization called Greater Than AIDS. 
I did a PSA with them and it was a national PSA. It was all over the internet. They had billboards, they had um, like the bus, bus decals in bigger cities. Wow. And so I would like, yeah, I would go through the comments cause I was like, I wanna see what people were saying. And there was comments where people like, you know, like something like I got sick, that, 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 that's, that's it. Like that's the sentence. I got sick, period. Wow. People get sick, you know, it happens. But for some reason people felt that it, it was okay to tell me that I deserved it, that I asked for it, that I did things to put myself in that position, that it was my fault, that I should have led a better life without knowing what happened to me, how it happened, not that it's anybody's business, yeah. you know, but people made those judgments. And I think that was one of the harder times that I've had on the internet, but I'm, I've kind of grown up on the internet, you know, when I was in junior high, sixth grade, you know, we got a computer for the first time. And so I think it, it can be very dangerous for younger people, yes, but also the fact that they're growing up on the internet and they're right. seeing all these things. I don't want to say it numbs them, but it might prepare them. It might, you know, yeah. give them a little bit of a thicker skin, but it shouldn't have to be that way. It shouldn't have to be like, just get a thicker skin and deal with it. Right. People should just not be fucking mean for no reason. Like, well, there's over 7 billion people, man. It's, just, yeah. it's very hard to find the good ones yeah. in the yeah, past. Yeah, it is. There's yeah. so many people. How did you deal with that then? Because that seems like obviously a very traumatic experience, mm -hmm. but you seem fine. Or are you? I mean, girl. <laughs> no, I mean, I like I said, I had a, I was very lucky to have the support system that I did. My friends were all behind me. My family was behind me 100 percent. And that's also part of the reason that I decided to go forward and share my story as 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 wide as I did or on that big of a scale, because when I told them, even even without without that in mind, mm -hmm. I was like, I have this amazing support system. Like I'm so lucky, so lucky. And like I said earlier, sometimes it's just luck. Yeah. And I realize there are people that don't have this. You know, there are people that don't have friends or family that they can tell. There are people living with HIV that have been living with HIV for years that have not told a single soul because they know that there's the chance of getting a really, really, really negative response. I've heard stories of people, their family, like disowning them, kicking wow. them out of losing potential dates of their friends not want to hang out with him with them because they're scared they're going to get it even though it has to happen in very specific intimate ways like you know it, it, it's it's a really big like educational issue and yeah i think that's what it is there's yeah. not enough education and information out there about it to educate people it's the same thing with my jobs like i'm trying to sell social media and i'm trying to educate people i was like eh, i don't get it yeah it's i'm assuming this is a lot harder but yeah <laughs> a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> i'm trying to correlate <laughs> yeah no yeah it's definitely that people sometimes just don't want to and 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 that's kind of the biggest lesson that i've had to learn is that sometimes there are people that just they just don't want to learn yeah they just don't want to learn and i'm not gonna waste my time convincing you that you should care about other people or that you should care about th things that could potentially affect you and your loved ones yeah. if you don't want to hear it yeah. if you're set in your ways yeah, there, there's a lot of backward thought thinking people that, mm -hmm. that are everywhere. It's like literally throw a stone and they're right there. Yeah. I mean, but then again, like on the flip side, there are people that they're open and they're willing to learn and they want to learn and they may have asked something wrong or they may have grown up with certain perceptions. And but when they're open and receptive, you can tell the difference in those people. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Let's talk about the coronavirus. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Thank you for having me. It was so nice. You're out. <laughs> Let's talk about because I think it's it's a huge oh trending thing right now. It's yeah. it's, it's insane. Damn. It's literally a pandemic on social media. Mm -hmm. And it's not even a pandemic yet. Okay, okay I'm. So, thank you. I'm, I was about to say on social media. On social media, it's a I'm pandemic. Yeah. So, talk, what do you think about the coronavirus? Because I I can consume content all day about the mm -hmm. coronavirus and come up with my own little theory. Mm -hmm. What do you think about it? I think. <laughs> like, how do I word this right? Um, I think I think um, people are definitely in a state of panic, but I also think. It's very easy for very wealthy people to tell us not to panic because they have access to healthcare and they have access to being quarantined and supplies and you know they have the privilege honestly they have the privilege they have the privilege of going into self quarantine whereas people like you and me excuse me you know we might not have that luxury we have to go to work you know we have to travel for work sometimes and so 
I think it's definitely, yes, we need to be aware. We need to take care of ourselves. Please wash your hands for at least 20 seconds because I still see men leaving the bathroom without washing their hands sometimes. That's all the time. It's <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. So definitely, like, yes, take care of yourself, but do not panic right now. Like, listen to the official sources. Listen to CDC. Listen to the World Health World Health Organization. You know, they have social media accounts. They're yeah. updating about this. Follow them. Listen to those officials. Don't listen to people like Elon Musk or was it Elon Musk or what's the other one? Or Jeff Bezos. It was Musk. He, he was like, oh, this coronavirus thing is so dumb. It's like, yeah, I'm sorry, Elon, tweeted about it, right? billions of dollars that you're not worried about getting <laughs> yeah. sick. Like, no, some people have real lives. And so definitely like, yes, like don't freak out right now. You should also be buying soap and not just hand sanitizer. Yeah. <laughs> take care of yourself, wash your hands, take care of each other. Um, but I'm also really concerned about like the flu, you know, because which like, kills a ton more people. Exactly. Like if you're freaking out and you're posting about the coronavirus, have you gotten your flu shot? Are you for, are you able to get your flu shot? And if you are, have you gotten it? Yeah. If you haven't, what what are you doing? But it, there's so many it's there's so many layers. It's so complex because one of my friends, she just tried to get her flu shot the other day. And they didn't have any more at the pharmacy. Really? So then that happens. And it's like, interesting. What? Why not? <laughs> Where yeah. is it? Like, that's this weird because even my, my mom, she can't get the flu shot anymore because she gets super sick. She's already older in age. So it's like, dude, like, what do you do? Like, yeah, but that's why, that's why it's, it's people who are able to get it have get the responsibility it. to right. do it because that's herd immunity. You know, like for the people that cannot get the vaccine. If you're able to do it for them, obviously for yourself too, but yeah. also do it for those people because you're preventing the spread of it in right. that way. Yeah. I think what, what was surprising to me is when South by Southwest was canceled. I was oh like, yeah. Seriously? That I do like in their statement though, that they were like official organizations said that this was not necessary, but the city of Austin wanted us to do it. So we're respecting it. I was like, okay, like I'm sure people didn't read the entire statement. A no, lot of definitely people not. didn't read it, but I appreciated that they put that in the statement. Yeah. yeah, it's just it's very interesting because I foresaw South by Southwest being canceled when Facebook canceled a huge five thousand person conference in oh, really? in Cali. I didn't and hear I was about like, that one. I was like, something's gonna happen. Yeah. It's just spreading too much. Yeah, I, I, and it's definitely alarming when something like that happens. It's like South. I mean, but it, it also makes sense. You know, it's like it yeah. might not be like just because they're taking preventative measures does not mean it's already that bad. Because right. you also have to consider that. South by Southwest is an event where people from all over the world travel to right. to this one city and then they travel back to their homes like that that makes sense to me you know it's like but again like the immediate reaction is like they cancel South by Southwest that means it's so bad it's yeah. like no they just don't want it to get that bad like right. I, I I do understand why they did it even though again in their statement they said like it's not like a completely necessary thing we're not at that point yet but I do understand the the idea of uh, prevention. Right. Yeah. yeah. I think everybody was complaining about Austin's going to lose like $360 million. Will be like, fine. Yeah, they'll be fine. They'll, they'll steal some other trend. I'm sure they'll be fine. <laughs> they'll be fine. But cool. I'd like to thank you very much for coming on a podcast. Uh, plug your podcast away. What you got coming up? First, thank you for having me. And yes, you can listen to Susto, the Uki Spooky Scary Story of Podcast. Or no, the Uki Spooky Podcast of Scary Stories. There you go. Uh, again, you can listen to that on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, almost anywhere that podcast are available you can check it out on buzzsprout.com slash susto podcast if you have your own scary stories listen to the show and i will tell you how to submit them so that i can read them or share them on the show uh, you can also follow me on instagram at susto podcast on facebook at susto podcast uh, honestly the best way to get all of my projects is on my personal instagram it's aiden is a bad kid and I post everything that I do on there, all of my projects. Uh, again, my most recent one is the Queer Dance Party Hotex. You can follow that on Facebook and Instagram at Hotex956. For the next party, it was super fun, and I would love for you all to be out there. Cool, awesome. If you love this episode, make sure you subscribe. See you all later. Bye.